Guys, welcome to this episode of The Shit Show of My 20s. On this episode, I got to interview Katie, and she's actually a non-diet dietitian. And what's really cool about her is she takes this counterintuitive approach to dieting. So she takes a very intuitive approach. Um, We talk all about disordered eating, how to get past limiting beliefs when it comes to food, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. I really appreciate it. I would love to start at the beginning of your journey. So tell me what your life's been like so far, where you grew up, and how the different career changes you've had. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, but I feel like I could just start this month has been such a journey. I know yeah. for you as well, as we're recording this, it's kind of the middle of the pandemic. But for me, I guess my journey with you know, with food and exercise and and body image, it really started out, you know, from a young age, I think even in, in high school, um, you know, you're growing up and you've kind of are told that you're supposed to look a certain way that, you know, in order to be successful, you, you, you've got to have a certain body type. And for me, I actually went to college, you know, studying exercise and nutrition. And the more I got into it, you know, I was auditioning fitness videos and become a personal trainer, teaching group exercise and, you know, studying to become a dietitian. And amongst that kind of fed into this, this lie that in order to be successful, right, that I have to look a certain way, mm-hmm. eat a certain way. And so, you know, over the years through college, uh, you know, really turned to food and exercise as a way to, you know, deal with things. And I ended up taking it to, to the extreme, right? Never diagnosed with an eating disorder. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk on kind of disordered eating a little bit later, but looking back, I can now say definitely had a disordered relationship. And with, I, have, with I have a question about that. So do you think while you're in it, do you think everyone knows that they're in it, like in the pattern of disordered eating? Or do you think you have to kind of look back and realize, oh yeah, I definitely had that pattern? Because I know me personally. Absolutely. Yeah, me personally, I went through that too, but I didn't realize it while I was in it, you know? You don't realize it until, like, you're kind of, like, looking back, but... Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I was in it, I think there were times when I kind of thought, maybe this isn't normal, but I I could always justify it. Mm -hmm. You know, I could always justify what I was doing was because I was a personal trainer or because, you know, it was my my job, But, but looking back, I can realize wow, those were things that was in a space in my life where I wasn't necessarily the healthiest. And so, um, you know, fast forward to post-college and, and getting more experience out in the field and, and working and, and really, you know, finding a different outlet. And re- I really just got exhausted was what it came down to. It was, you know, I was sick of chasing the number. And so I kind of discovered a different approach, which was, which I can now put words to. It's called intuitive eating. Um, and that's now the philosophy that I take with my own clients is, is, you know, kind of this more holistic approach around food and exercise, but really starts with, with the mindset. And what drew you most to like nutrition coaching? Like, was it your own experience or like, how'd you like stumble upon it? Yeah. So my, my first job out of college was actually working with people who had tube feedings and kind of this more clinical side of nutrition, you know, working with people who, who were already sick. 
but on the side, I was also all through college. I've always had kind of this entrepreneurial spirit. So I was always, you know, trying to figure out a problem or, or starting a business or, you know, just kind of thinking outside the box kind of as a, as a hobby with social media. And I kind of got to the point with my own clients and, and just people around me, I realized, you know, gosh, giving people diets and just telling them what quote unquote is healthy, it doesn't change, right? Like we can give people all this information, but it doesn't cause them to make behavior change. And so for me, kind of realizing that that was very limited to find as far as people to turn to for that, you know, for, for this kind of non-diet approach, I realized there's a need for this and I, I know as much as I need it or needed it right years ago when I was kind of going through the midst of it. And that's really what, what pushed me to, to make my own, own business. And do you have like clients who are dealing with disordered eating? Like how do you advise them when they're going through that? Yeah. So it's, it's really interesting. I have a lot of people who come to me initially seeking weight loss, right? That's kind of, they get to this point where they're like, uh, I'm still not happy with my body. I don't feel good about where I'm at, but I also know I don't want to diet. I also know I've tried everything out there on the market and I'm sick of it, you know? And so it's really a journey and, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. And I think a lot of times that can be challenging, you know, for people to, to hear is to, you know, to kind of put weight loss on the back burner, but that's, that's really my job as, as a coach, as a dietitian is to help people through that process and help them to have a more positive relationship with food and exercise in their bodies because that's sustainable, right? So that they never have to, you know, restrict or go on another diet again because they really feel in control and they really feel confident about what their body is telling them. And do you also have people who like struggle with like stress eating um, how, how would you deal with that? Yeah, that's a great question. I actually, on my podcast, Fit Friends Happy Hour, I actually just recorded an episode about stress eating because, you know, here we are in this pandemic and a lot of people are finding that their relationship with food is challenged, right? Because they're at home, access to food, you know, food is, is comfort. Food is there for us. Food is, it doesn't talk back. It doesn't, you know, call us names. It's, it's there and it makes us feel good. And so, you know, I think the biggest biggest tip I would have for people in, in this moment is to slow down and ask yourself, what am I feeling, right? And start to identify, you know, what is the emotion that I'm feeling and, and what is my body, what do I need, right? Because if we can identify what the feeling is, nine times out of 10, the answer isn't always food, right? Cause we may be stressed and we may turn to the pantry and it may, you know, temporarily take away that stress. But what end up, ends up happening, at least for a lot of my clients is that, you know, food helps temporarily, but then they're still stressed, but then they're also full and uncomfortable and maybe sometimes guilt that comes along with that, that stress or kind of that chaotic eating. And do you think, do you think everyone needs a coach? Like, do you think everyone should go to a nutritionist, go to a coach, or do you think it's only for like certain people? I think 
there's places definitely to have a coach in any area of your life, whether that's nutrition, whether that's, you know, exercise, whether that's mindset. I mean, there's so many areas that, that you can, you know, hire an expert in. Um, you know, I will say, ask questions because not every dietitian is a nutritionist, but not every nutritionist is a dietitian, if that makes sense. What's the so, difference? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So a dietitian is somebody who actually went to college for nutrition um, at an accredited program. And then based on, you know, the certain coursework, they're able to apply for an internship. And so the internship, I don't know, were you ever in a sorority or know anybody who was in a sorority in college? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they kind of have this this matching system. And so anybody who's been in the Greek life, they know that you, you kind of rank the the houses, right? And then they rank you. Well, it's crazy, but a dietitian, it's the same thing. I don't know if the person <laughs> created this, both matching systems, but you know, you kind of rank these internships that you apply for and they rank you as well, right? Based on your GPA, your, your work experience, volunteer, right? All, all the things, just like if you were applying to college. Um, so from there, once you're accepted into a program, then you're able to complete, I think it's 1,200 hours of, of these different rotations. So food service, uh, community nutrition, um, clinical, so working at a hospital. And then after you kind of get that, that experience uh, you know, out in the field, then you're able to sit for an exam. Um, so some, you know, once you pass the exam, each state's a little bit different. You have, may have to take another step to become licensed in a state, just like you know, other um jobs, I guess, you know, have licensure. A dietitian is the same way, but to become a nutritionist, anybody listening could, could Google search a nutrition certification, take it in an hour or two, you know, or depending on the extent of it and call themselves a nutritionist. So, so really researching who it is that, that you want to work with. Um, and I always advise, you know, in any situation, if somebody's trying to sell you a quick fix, or, you know, a very simple result, really ask yourself, is that going to be sustainable? And you said earlier that you kind of um, turn your clients away from focusing on just weight loss. And how do you kind of like turn them away from like having that top of their mind? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a process, you know, because, you know, like I just said, so many of us want that quick fix. We want results yesterday. We don't like, we live in this fast paced world that, you know, for food, you don't even have to leave your house, right? Like we, we love that instant gratification. And so what I remind my clients is that, you know, weight isn't a behavior. You can't look at that number on the scale and go, okay, I'm going to change that. Right. So what we, what I do with my clients is say, you know, you, you can still want to lose weight, but we're just not going to focus on it, right? We're going to focus on all the other healthy habits and behaviors that might affect your weight, right? Mm-hmm. It might go up, it might go down. It depends, you know, for everybody, but the goal is to get to a, a place that you're not having the up and down, right? That could be a, a major sign of, of kind of disordered eating is this weight loss, weight gain, and kind of this yo-yo up and down effect with your weight. But if we can really get to a place that's sustainable, that's something that that you can maintain for for longer. And what drew you first to the gym? 
Like, have you always been athletic? Have you played sports yeah. growing oh, up? Oh my gosh. That's so funny because so I teach a lot of high intensity, you know, athletic type fitness classes. And I always get that question. What sports did you do, you know, in high school and college? And I laugh because I consider group exercise was my sport. You know, I was terrible at soccer, basketball, all the, all the things with coordination, but you turn on music and put some choreography to the music. And I, I feel like that's my, that is my jam. So group fitness was really what drew me probably in high school. Um, I just love that feeling of, you know, moving in a way that you weren't thinking about time, how fast time was passing. You weren't worried about school or, you know, any other family stressors, like everything I felt like could be left at the door when I walked into a group fitness class. It was just getting lost in the music, getting lost in the energy that's kind of in the room, you know, being surrounded by other people who are laughing and smiling and having fun. And so that's what really drew me um, into fitness. And I think not just drew me in, but that's one of the major things that keeps me going in terms of fitness and, and where it doesn't really feel like exercise, I guess. And is your gym currently closed right now or what are you yeah. doing for your exercise right now? It is. And, you know, that's interesting because you know, we're talking about kind of this disorder relationship with, you know, food and exercise and, as we were getting ready for, to record this episode, I thought, oh my gosh, if this would have happened to me, so I'm 28, you know, if this would have happened to me when I was 20 years old, you know, eight years, even, even probably like, you know, five years ago, I would be out of my mind. I would not know what to do if I was not able to go to the gym and do my XYZ structured plan every day. I just know that would throw me in so much chaos and um, but now I am at a point in my life where I do have a positive relationship with exercise and it's not so much about how many calories can I burn? How much, how hard can I, you know, kill myself in the gym? Now I'm, I'm really kind of most enjoying this, this slower pace of what do I need? What do I feel like doing today? And so some days this week, it's been a yoga, a yoga class on my phone. Some days, you know, it's been a long run outside um, Monday night, I was having just a day and I, I was sore. I just had a day, right? You're like, I've, I'm mentally exhausted with the media, with, I had a wedding that I'm supposed to get married in a couple weeks that got postponed and canceled. Just everything. Wait, right? Were you supposed like, to get married? Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> that must have been a whole thing. <laughs> well, it's, all that's like changing every day. And so Monday I was just like, oh my gosh, I what do I need? And I, so I really try to focus on the feeling. And so in that moment, I was like, I need to laugh. I need to just move and not think and have fun. And so I did a dance class and you do not want to see me dance. I'm so horrible, but it's fun. And so, so that's what I do. It it changes every day. (laughs) And when were you supposed to get married? Were you supposed to get married like right now or? So April, April 25th, um, so what's today? Today's April 8th, I think mm-hmm. it is. Today's Wednesday, right? It's yes. Like every day. <laughs> what day is it? Where, where are we at? But yeah, April 25th. So we actually just decided yesterday that we are still going to get married. Just us. Small ceremony. And then we'll save the party for later. Once this all passes. <laughs> and how did you meet your partner? 
we actually met in high school. So we, he was a couple of years older than me. Um, I actually wasn't allowed to date him and for, for because he was a junior and I was a freshman. Um, but, you know, we were together long enough that my parents were probably like, okay, fine, I guess this guy's sticking around. And they, goodness, they did because here we are. But um, we actually ended up going to the same college. I was all, you know, I am not going to that college because – he goes there and I need to do my own thing, you know, I need to be independent. And so I ended up going there, but we did break up, you know, kind of right in my twenties. I was like, you know, I think we all go through that time where we just need to be alone. We need to figure things out by ourselves. And, you know, and I, I think it's really important to learn more about yourself and really identify who you are as an individual, right? If you're, constantly used to being in a relationship it's easy to lean on the other person and so I found myself you know not confident in myself and that's kind of where this whole you know relationship with food and exercise I went through all that you know at that time when when I broke up and I think it it was for the better right because Mm -hmm. we learn so much about ourselves and we can go through those experiences even as tough as they may be you know we always come out stronger on the other side And how did you know that you wanted to get back together with him? So it's funny. He actually, you know, he is, I am all about social media. I'm all over the gram. Like I love stories, everything. He does not have social media. Right. And so as girls, it's so easy. Well, I feel like guys probably do this too, but it's so easy for us to, you know, kind of, if you're, if you're not talking to somebody, you can always figure out what they're doing. Right. Mm -hmm. Based on what's going on in their life because of social media. And I could not with him because he was on social media. And so we really didn't talk for, it was probably two and a half years. And then our, we, we ran into each other randomly, you know, a couple times, but our mutual friends that actually ended up getting married. Um, and it was that night that I saw him in person and it was like, all right, the rest is history. And here we are getting married this month. Gotta so love cute. at first sight, I guess. Love at second sight, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Awesome. And what have you learned from your relationship together? Oh my gosh. You know, he's been there for me since, gosh, how old was I? Probably 15. So that's over 10 years. You know, we're starting to get to, to that point in our life where I've known him longer than I haven't. And, you know, I think learning to learning how differences can actually bring you closer. Right. So I'm, I'm the one, I'm the dreamer, kind of the big ideas. Let's do this. Let's really over the top. Always, always thinking, you know, I mean, as an entrepreneur, right. You have a podcast. You, It's always like, what else could I do? What more can I do? And, and so he's really the person who I think keeps me grounded. Um, so really learning to communicate kind of different needs and learning that, you know, we can't expect people to read our minds, especially when you have different personality types, right? It's a great thing, but we're also not mind readers. And so that's been, that's been huge for sure. And did you ever go back and forth um, in college thinking, do I want to do nutrition? 
do I want to do this? Or did you always know? You're like, I want to do nutrition. I want to do this. I want to do coaching. Yeah, well, you know, the podcast is called Should Show My 20s, right? Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> actually, you know, I so I told you I became a personal trainer and a dietitian. I actually failed my personal training exam twice. Mm-hmm. So I didn't actually even become a personal trainer until my third attempt. Um, so definitely question that, you know, is this the right thing to do? Um, then the same thing with to become a dietitian. You know, it sounds, I think people will see from my website now and think, oh my gosh, like, wow, she's made it. And it's like, no, I've actually failed way more than, you know, than, than what's actually out there. And, um, so with my registered dietitian exam, I mean, I, I had to take that three times mm-hmm. as well. And so what always kept me going was just knowing that, you know, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to help people. And I'm just, I always felt that that was my purpose. And so I just reminded myself that, that this is what I'm meant to do. And I know I can do it. It's going to take me a little longer. I have a little extra hoops to jump through than most people. It's not as easy to me as it is for other people. But I knew that it's what I felt called to do. And so there are many times where I had to sit down and kind of question and, you know, revisit priorities. But at the end of the day, I... I feel fortunate to know that I had that feeling and I think that's what helped keep me persistent towards that goal. And tell me about more about your podcast, how you got the idea to start it, what that's been like for you. Yeah. So my, my best friend, Lauren and I, we actually, it was a joke. So she's, you know, my best friend and we met in college in our twenties and, um, she was really one of the, the reason we connected was because we were different than other girls our age. We, what we were interested in personal development, you know, we were interested in podcasts when they first came out. We, you know, rather than, and don't get wrong, we love to party, but we also like wanted from a yet that young age, wanted to create a life and, and do something that was different, like not just go to school and get a job. We didn't want to just clock in and clock out. And so we kind of figured that out as we grew, you know, as we grew up through college. And so uh, this was actually post-college. Let's see. I was probably 20. How old am I now? Oh, my gosh. I'm losing count. I was probably 24 then, I guess. And it was kind of a joke. We said, oh, you know, we should start a podcast. We've got a lot to say. And on her birthday, I actually ended up giving her a podcast microphone, just like as a joke, right? And then we kind of went, oh, well, let's just try it because we are jumpers. We, like, we love shiny objects. We get distracted. We say, okay, this is going to be our goal for our business. And then we want to do something else. We're going to try this and that. And so podcasting was actually our way. We lived in Boston at the time. I was in Indiana. And so we figured, well, what the heck? Let's just do it. And that was our way to talk once a week and we basically just recorded our conversations and you know we talked it's fit friends happy hour so it's the idea of the show is you know just like now it's like talking with your friend what would you what would you chat with your girlfriend about who's who's into fitness who's into nutrition who's into you know just living a better life and so we record those those episodes and um (laughs) we joke because that's like the most consistent we've ever been with anything for years and it it was really fun And, and then we kind of realized oh, wait, this is a thing. Like, this is a thing. And then people would read 
listened and we thought, thought oh my gosh people are actually listening to our podcast like it was kind of a joke and so you know then we went to some conferences and realized okay we this is this is the thing let's let's make this um you know we're actually impacting people's lives which is amazing you know it's such an honor for people to there's so many so much information that people can consume and so for them to choose your episode you know you're in their ears for 20 30 40 60 minutes and um so yeah so that's kind of how we started and we've kind of learned over the years she's always done the back end of things and then this year we actually shifted to but uh you know people wanted more nutrition and, and she was doing managing and booking a lot more other podcasts and producing podcasts so it just makes sense for her to to step away just based on priorities but yeah, it's, it's super fun. Do you do mainly interviews? Do you do solo episodes? So I do a combination of both. Um, I bring on experts in other areas of nutrition. So, you know, as a dietitian, I specialize in, in nutrition, of course, but there's so many different aspects that aren't necessarily my wheelhouse. Like, for example, I'm having a friend on um, next week who specializes in PCOS specifically. Um, or I've brought on other, you know, other dietitians who, who specialize in, let's say, eating disorders, which is, you know, kind of a, a step further from just disordered eating. Uh, but then sometimes I'll record episodes by myself. So it kind of a, a variety, sure. And is there anything you wish you would have known before you started your podcast? Oh, gosh, that's so hard. You know, it's funny because if you listen to, I told you we've been doing the, the podcast for about three, three and a half, four years now. And if you listen to our very, very early episodes, they may not even be on uh, Apple anymore, but we talked a lot about diets and we talked a lot about, you know, this is what you should do if you want to lose weight and this is how you should structure your fitness. And we, so really through the podcast is how we've kind of evolved. I mean, you can hear how we've evolved and, and just the, the recommendations that we give and the approach that we give. And at first I, I felt really bad about that when I, when I realized that and made that kind of shift. But I think it's important when you put yourself out there, you know, on social media or whatever it may be, recognizing that we're human we're human and learn as we you know we learn as we grow and you know opinions may change and and that's okay and so it took a while for me to actually own that you know getting my message out and realizing like this is what I used to tell you but I don't agree with that anymore um and I think just owning that versus trying to cover it up and 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 try to twist what I was saying if that makes sense and how do you usually get your clients? Do you get them from social media, real life, um, by referrals? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. So I get definitely a combination of both. So where I'm at here in Indiana, which is in the Midwest, um, there's not many other dietitians that do what I do. So I do get quite a few local uh, local clients who just search dietitian and then end up stumbling upon me. And then they're like, wait, what do you mean? You're, you're a non-diet dietitian. That doesn't make sense. And so I kind of explained to them, you know, my, my approach is a little bit countercultural. Uh, but I also have clients who I work with who are all over the world, or I shouldn't say world, all over the country, just the U S right now. Um, 
that just find me through Google, social media, um, just a variety of places. It's crazy the power of technology. And how do you stand out in that space? Um, and also, yeah, how do you differentiate yourself from other coaches and other new um, dietitians? I think because my approach is not the typical, it's not the norm in the, in the nutrition and fitness industry. You know, I am very upfront with, when people, you know, want to work together. I'm very straight up for the very first call before, you know, they even book a session. I, I call them and kind of explain to them, Hey, you know, this is what I don't do. This is the approach that you, I do take. And, uh, there's been many times where people reach out to me and I tell them, I don't think I'm the best person for you, but I've got these other lists or I can help you find somebody else. And I think at first people are kind of taken aback, you know, because they're saying here, let me pay you money. Let me, you know, I want you to help me and for me to say, well, I don't think I'm the best person because if I can help somebody get their results quicker, depend whatever the results may be. If I know that there's somebody who's more uh, specialized in that area, I'm going to refer out because that not only does a disservice to them, right? It does a disservice to me. If it just, if it feels like the right thing to do. So I think that that definitely helps me stand apart. Integrity, I guess is the word. <laughs> and have you had to do work on like your limiting beliefs or your money mindset when you're starting your own business? Oh my gosh, for sure. For sure. I feel like every day I have to do work, <laughs> work with mindset, you know, whether it's listening to podcasts or, or reading books, you know, I, I get really distracted. So I'm more of an audible person versus the, um, actually reading a book, but it, and it's a constant, I mean, I think that's a constant work in progress is, is the limiting beliefs, you know, not just around, I mean, I think it's helped that I've come so far with food, right? That mindset around food, but it's interesting how once you start to work on mindset in one area, how that tends to bleed into the other areas of your life, right? And that's something that I do a lot with my clients is helping to really empower them and help them to understand that, you know, this is more than food. You're smart. You can Google. And, you know, if I put a line of food in a lot, you know, a list of foods in front of you, you'd be able to identify which are more nutrient dense and, you know, which may have um, a greater nutrition value, but it's the mindset, right? And it's that, that belief, like you said, the self-limiting beliefs. What's the, what's that talk or that dialogue in your head? And it's so important because when we can get better with that, have a more positive talk, it can help us to achieve so much more in our lives. And is there any like books or audios you would suggest for your clients or how, yeah, what, the, what type of work do you do? Yeah. yeah, the number one um, book that I always recommend to clients is into the intuitive eating book. And that's really the the basis, I guess, a lot of the philosophy that I take. Um, so it's called Intuitive Eating. It's by Elise Resch and Evelyn Triboli. So they are the creators. Uh, they're both dietitians as well uh, who kind of lead this this non-diet um, movement, I guess you could say, in our field. But they have that book, which kind of explains the 10 principles of intuitive eating. Um, and they also have a workbook that goes along with it as well. So sometimes my clients will actually do the workbook. Um, we'll kind of go through that. But another great book, as far as, um, you know, body image and 
and starting to work on that positive mindset. There's a book called uh, Body Kindness. It's by Rebecca. I'm going to say her last name wrong. So sorry, Rebecca Stritchfield. Stritchfield. Uh, but if you look at Body Kindness, it's an excellent book as well. Uh, and the reason I love that book too is because <clears throat> I told you I'm more audio, but this book is almost written like a magazine. So there's a lot of pictures and kind of diagrams. And so it's very uh, digestible to no pun intended, but you know, it's very easy to digest and, and to take away kind of the action steps. So I love that. And since you do intuitive eating, do you do any like off limit foods, any foods you're not allowed to have, or do you like just have all foods, but like uh, not like overly eating any of them? Yeah, I, so my approach is let's make all foods fit, mm-hmm. right? And I don't get to decide that. Um, my client gets to decide. My, my job is to put them in the driver's seat and help them really identify what foods make them feel their best, you know, and, and start to feel more of the physicality with food because so many of my clients have been driven by just rules around food and kind of this, these strict guidelines, and, and they're very used to somebody telling them, just tell me to eat this, not that, right? And, but um, we work on challenging the, those, helping them to, you know, create their own set of guidelines and, and looking at the bigger picture, right? It's not so much what we're doing from day to day, what are we doing week to week, month to month, and, and really the big picture when it comes to our health and wellness is, is that a greater lens and stop micromanaging every single thing that goes into our mouths. What would you say, what type of challenges have you faced in your 20s? And what are you currently learning right now? Oh my gosh, so, so much. I was just talking to one of my best friends today. She's, you know, my age as well. And she, she has a family member who's in the hospital and being stubborn. And we're like, parenting, parenting your parents. Like, that is adulting. And we were just complaining about how becoming an adult kind of sucks sometimes, <laughs> you know, so I think some of the major things that I, I have learned in my twenties, I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm 27. And so I, I've still got, you know, almost two years left to learn, but I think just really starting to listen to yourself, right. And owning, being confident in the person that you want to become and recognizing that at the end of the, at the end of the day, you know, you're the one who lives your life. You're the one who sits, lays your head down at the end of the night and, you know, asks yourself, did I matter today? You know, what did I do today that, you know, if I didn't wake up tomorrow, what, what happened today that made me feel good? And so I think really stepping into that, stepping into that, that confidence. And that doesn't mean you have to have everything figured out. So I think that's the point of your 20s. The point of your 20s is to figure figure things out, you know. Heck, there's 30-year-olds who don't have it figured out, and I don't think we'll ever have it figured out, but stepping into that that confidence and just who, you, who you're meant to be and, and kind of figuring out what your purpose is in, in this world, I think that's that's really what's been, I think, key for, for me, and I'm still figuring it out day by day. It's a process. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what's your favorite part of coaching and teaching nutrition to your clients? Oh, seeing the, the light bulb, 
seeing them make have that light bulb and that mindset shift of going, oh, I get it. I really, when they realize, you know, especially the females that I work with, when they realize how much time, mental energy, and, and money, you know, they've, they've wasted on diets, how much that has caused them to not be able to experience other things in their life, right? Because there's been times where they're so, so hyper-focused on the foods that they're eating that they have been able to be at, you know, a birthday party or a social gathering. And so when they start to almost like lift that lens and I can see that they're making that shift around food, it's amazing. You know, I've had clients who they don't have as much anxiety. They, they've had GI problems go away because they learned that, oh my gosh, a lot of the, the GI stress that I was having was almost like anxiety related around food, right? Not actually the food itself, but it was the the stress around food. And so when I can start to see clients kind of make that, those connections and see how their beliefs are holding them back from other areas of their life, that is like, that's the most rewarding thing. It's, it's pretty, pretty neat to watch. And what is GI? Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. So your GI tract, like your gastrointestinal. It's a quicker term than saying, yeah, a gastrointestinal. <laughs> And is there anything, what would you want to tell your 20 year old self if you could go back in time? Yeah, I would, I would tell her that you'll figure it out. You can figure it out. I think not just you will, but you can, you can and you will, because for me, there were definitely times where it felt like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get through this or, you know, my life is over the this is like the worst thing that's hap- that could happen and just staying persistent and realizing that if there's something in life that you want, you can figure it out. You can make it happen. It's just a matter of making progress, keep pushing forward, you know, recognizing that baby steps are, are big steps and that it's the, it's the small, the small wins. I think that that can keep you going. And if you know someone who's struggling with disordered eating, do you recommend they get a coach? Do you recommend they get like a therapist? How should they? Yeah, Yeah, that's a great question. So I think definitely doing research um, to work with a dietitian, um, specifically somebody who specializes in a nine diet approach, or you might use the words intuitive eating or uh, HAZE, which is an acronym for health at every size. Those are definitely great places to start. Um, But I always say that, you know, a dietitian does not replace therapy and vice versa. Therapy does not replace a dietitian. Um, A lot of my clients do have therapists and we kind of will work hand in hand with the therapist, but um, it it really just depends on the person. I think if somebody can can have both, that's ideal. Uh, because then, then we're starting to look at the bigger picture on a, on a larger scale and, and the two can almost complement each other. But I think do your research and, and I think if almost like interview who you want to work with, right? Like you, they may have an application process, but at the same time, you know, 
if somebody's listening to this, remember that you're the customer, you're the client, and um, don't be afraid to ask questions. And if, if somebody, again, like I said, is trying to sell you a quick fix or promises you that, you know, all your your life's going to be so much better, right, once you lose the weight or, you know, once you hit XYZ, if it feels like it goes against your gut a little bit, then it might not be a good fit. Like dating, yeah. right? <laughs> like dating, right? It's like finding a trainer, finding a therapist, finding, you know, anyone you want to work with. It's got to be a collaborative uh, approach. I think that's really ideal. And so recognizing that, don't, don't just settle. I don't really have any more questions for you, but is there anything you wish, like, I would have asked you? No, I think that's that great. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, where can people connect with you? I love Instagram. So I am on Instagram at K-T-H-A-K-E. Uh, or you can go to my website, uh, Uh Those are probably the two best ways to find me or the podcast as well. Thank you guys for listening to this episode. I hope you have a great rest of your day.